thanks for joining us again today for another episode of It's Not a Lecture, Just a Thought. And it's been absolutely fantastic to have contact with listeners from all over the world and also to hear the different ideas and reflections that people have on these series of conversations between Alan and myself around how we read the Bible. Now, this week we begin to jump into the text itself. Up until now, we've been talking about hermeneutics, so the science of how one approaches the text and how one develops meaning around the text. But this week we are jumping in to the context of some biblical texts themselves. So that episode is coming up next. Welcome back to our conversation on how we read scripture and how we read it for life rather than death. And uh, we've been talking about the Bible and how it's been misused by Christians, but also how it brings life. And Ellen, one of the things that you and I have talked about off air that I'd like you to talk about a little bit now is this whole issue of context in the Bible. Now, I used to teach students at the university how to, how to get context in the Bible, and some of them used to say, gee, this is a, a very boring, unnecessary thing. We just want to find four or five verses that support our point and preach a sermon. So tell me a little bit about the importance of this issue of context. Well, context gives meaning. Um, let's give an example. Jane loves John. Jane loves John. That's the only statement I'm giving you. What are the possible meanings of that statement? Jane loves John. Um, that it's a girlfriend and boyfriend. Right. It could be mother and son. Mother and son or husband and wife. Could be husband and wife. It, it could even be uh, cousins. That's right. In fact, they could even be goldfish. We don't know. If it's just Jane loves John, we don't know what that means. Only if we have a sense of context can we work out the meaning. Context gives meaning. Give you another example. In 1675, there was a fire in London, and um, subsequently, the foundation stone, about nine or ten years later, this foundation stone was laid for the building of St. Paul's Cathedral. And Christopher Wren was the architect. And he spent the next 30, 35 years building St. Paul's Cathedral. Can you imagine going to work at the same place for 35 years? And finally, he gets to show the queen, Queen Anne, what St. Paul's looks like. Now, imagine you've been working for 35 years and you waiting with bated breath to have the queen tell you what she thinks of it. This is basically your whole adult life. Every thought, every bit of energy into this project. And this is what she says. She says, Christopher Wren, it is awful, it is amusing, it is artificial. My goodness, that can't be true. That's what she said. Now, how would you feel? I, would, I, I think I would, have, I would have been absolutely obliterated. Right, devastated. I mean, it's my, my whole adult life's work. What would you want to do to the queen? I, I think I'd want to throttle her. I'd certainly, if I couldn't do it in public, I'd certainly say a few test words about it to the newspaper. I'm sure you would. But if we read in Christopher Wren's biography, we read that he was so grateful for her response. He bowed down and thanked her. Now, there must be something wrong with Christopher Wren. Well, no. You see, in those days, in the context of 1675, all right, the 17th century in England, in those days, the word awful meant awe-inspiring. 
Ah. The word amusing meant amazing. The word artificial meant artistic. Wow. So what in effect the Queen had said was, Christopher Wren, it's awe-inspiring, it's amazing, it's artistic. Wow. <laughs> now, can you see there, Dion, how context gives meaning? Yeah. Context can actually change the meaning of a word. Now, that happened only three, 300-odd years ago, and you and I interpreted that 100% incorrectly. Yeah. In fact, you were even inclined to do some damage to the Queen. Yep. With your belief that you are understanding it correctly. So now, what is the possibility then, Dion, if you and I misinterpreted this, and this was only 300 years ago, what is the possibility of us misinterpreting scripture that was written two and a half thousand or three thousand years ago? Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a major, major issue with that. And of course, the, the other thing is that, you know, the Bible was written not only by different people, but also in different languages. I mean, this is English to English. Right. So I can see how that context issue becomes so critical to so understanding the text. Context gives meaning. So if we're going to read the Bible in a responsible manner, then we need to ask the question, what was the context in which these words were either spoken or written? And as we acquire more and more of the context, we'll be able to uh, be more confident in knowing what the meaning is. Now, a context is made up, made up of five different things. It's made up of a date. It's made up of an author, an audience, the actual writing that we have in the manuscripts, and then the social setting. So, for example, the example that we've just given around Christopher Wren, I gave you the date, 1675. There was the date. And uh, it was from Christopher Wren, his autobiography, and we can work out the social setting of England at that time. Now, that is the work of a biblical scholar, that when we come to a passage of Scripture, we need to be asking, where's the date? What's the date? Who's writing this? Um, who are they? What is their perspective? Are they a poet? Are they a lawyer? Are they a priest? Are they a historian? What's the audience? Who is, who is the first audience who heard this? And what was their social setting? Were they in exile? Were they in freedom? Were they being persecuted? Were they living off the fat of the land in the promised land? So all of those factors will contribute greatly to the, the meaning of the passage. I actually find that that helps us to, to really pay respect to the text of the Bible. It's not being critical. It's being respectful and responsible with its use. In our next section, I, I'd like you to give us an example uh, that we can use to understand how context gives us greater meaning in the biblical text. Would you like to discuss this with us? Text us on plus two seven seven eight two seven eight five three hundred, or for more information, please visit www.mannerandmercy.org. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of It's Not a Lecture, Just a Thought. And uh, yeah, I'm sure like me, you're keen to get into listening to the actual 
discussions of different books in the Bible, different authors of different books, different narratives. And uh, hang on for just a little bit more. One more discussion around context and hermeneutics. And uh, within a week or two, we'll be into Genesis. So just to say, as always, if you'd like to be in contact with Alan or myself, you can do so by getting our details in the show notes. And uh, we would love to hear from you. So thanks for listening to today's episode.